Welcome to It Happened in Africa. I'm your host, Abir. Today, I want to introduce you to a group of organized criminals, thirsty for anything they can make a profit out of. This gang of ruthless thugs carved and consumed both humans and land, digging poisonous claws into Africa, biting off chunks of Africa's wealth. This murderous group pushed their way where they were not wanted, took what was not theirs, justified all this by claiming superiority. Typical of the abuser to claim superiority, convince the world that they were doing good. No crime has taken place, just here to help those unfortunate savages aspire to civilization. During this time, many European countries expanded their empires by aggressively establishing colonies in Africa so that they could exploit and export Africa's resources. Raw materials like rubber and timber, diamonds, gold, and humans. Europeans also wanted to protect their precious trade routes. I found a very interesting description of how Europe came about to divide Africa amongst them. It's um, it's always been a very curious thing for me that how did they decide? There were uh, Europe had major empires and smallish empires. Who got what? How did they decide? And I came across a very vivid description, a very terrifying description in a book um, by Martin Meredith called The State of Africa, A History of the Con uh, Continents Since Independence. In the introduction, the most amazing um, description is given of how the European powers sat down as a group and hashed out who, who's going to get what. I'm just going to read it to you because it's, there's no way I can describe this in a way that will show you the horror of the situation. So I'll just read it straight to you. This is from the, um, the book. This is the introduction. It begins. During the scramble for Africa at the end of the 19th century, European powers staked claims to virtually the entire continent of Africa. At meetings in Berlin, Paris, London, and other capital European statesmen and diplomats bargained over the separate spheres of interest they intended to establish there. Their knowledge of the vast African land was slight. Europeans had known Africa more as a coastline than a continent. Their presence had been confined mainly to small, isolated enclaves on the coast used for trade purposes. Only in Algeria and southern Africa had more substantial European settlements taken root. The maps used to carve up the African continent were mostly inaccurate. Large areas were described as terra incognita. When marking uh, out the boundaries of their new territories, European negotiators frequently resorted to drawing straight lines on the map taking little or no account of the myriad of traditional monarchies, chiefdoms, and other African societies that existed on the ground. Nearly one half of the new frontiers imposed on Africa were geometric lines, lines of latitude and longitude. In some cases, African societies were ripped apart. The Bikongo were partitioned between French Congo, Belgian Congo, and Portuguese Angola. Somalia was carved up between Britain, Italy, and France. In all, the new boundaries 
cut through some 190 culture groups. In other cases, Europe's new colonial territories enclosed hundreds of diverse and independent groups with no common history, culture, language, or religion. Nigeria, for example, contained as many as 250 ethno-linguistic groups. Officials sent to Belgian Congo eventually identified 6,000 chiefdoms there. Some kingdoms survived intact. The French retained the monarchy in Morocco and Tunisia. The British ruled Egypt in the name of a dynasty of foreign monarchs founded in 1811 by an Albanian mercenary serving in the Turkish army. Other kingdoms, such as Asante in the Gold Coast, modern-day Ghana, and Loziland in northern Rhodesia, modern-day Zambia, were merged into large colonial units. Kingdoms that had been historically antagonistic to one another, such as Buganda and Bunyoro in Uganda, were linked into the same colony. In the Sahel, where new territories were established across the grave divide between the desert regions of the Sahara and the belt of tropical forests to the south, modern-day Sudan, Chad, and Nigeria. Throwing together Muslims and non-Muslims people in latent hostility. As the haggling in Europe over Africa ter African territories continued, land and people became little more than pieces on a chessboard. Quote, we have been given away mountains and rivers, lakes to each other, only hindered by the small impediment that we never knew exactly where they were. End quote. Britain's Prime Minister Lord Salisbury remarked sardinically to a London audience. Britain traded the North Sea island islands with Germany for Zanzibar and parts of northern Nigeria with the French in fishing for fishing rights off Newfoundland. France exchanged parts of Cameroon with Germany in return for Germany's recognition of the French protectorate over Morocco. By the time the scramble for Africa was over, some 10,000 African politics had been amalgamated into 40 European colonies and protectorates. Thus were born the modern states of Africa. This again is from the introduction from the book by Martin Meredith, The State of Africa. In front of me is a colonial map from 1878, and I also happen to have a map of modern-day uh, Africa, just for comparison's sake. Um, you can pretty much look up maps of colonial Africa anywhere on the internet. In this particular map, we can see very clearly that, let's see here, Britain and France got the lion's share of territory in Africa. France took pretty much all of Central and West Africa. So what would be today modern-day Mali, Mauritania, Algeria, Niger, Nigeria, and all the countries off the coast, uh, the west coast of Africa, except for Liberia. Liberia uh, maintained its independence, and that's a story for another day. Then you have Britain. They took over uh, east, northeast, and uh, most of the central northeast uh, section, all the way down to the southern Africa. So technically, they took over what is modern-day Egypt, Sudan, South Sudan, uh, Kenya, Uganda, uh, Tanzania, uh, the northern part of Somalia, today known as Somaliland, 
And then in the southern part of Africa, they took over uh, Zambia, Zimbabwe, which they called northern and southern Rhodesia. Uh, we have Botswana and South Africa. Third to them is Germany. They took what is modern-day Namibia. They called it German South Southwest Africa. They took Gabon, and they also, from the looks of it, they got Mozambique. Oh, and France also got Madagascar off the southeast corner of Africa, the island. Of course, when it comes to the colonial powers, they also have the word protectorate which technically means nothing because it's their way of trying to tell that country, we're not going to do anything to you. We just need you as a stepping stone to another country. Another country that also maintains its independence um, is Ethiopia. And that's again, another story for another day. So uh, they, like, like I read in the introduction of the book, they really did not know anything about Africa. They knew Africa contained a lot of wealth But no one took the time to find out anything about it because in reality, they really didn't care if there were humans and societies that needed to exist. It's the arrogance and the thirst for resources that drove this entire endeavor from start to finish. And you could hear from the quote I gave of the British uh, prime minister that he was basically laughing it off, going, well, you know, we gave away stuff. I don't even know what it is which is insane, to be so cavalier and just nonchalant about the idea that you're just giving away humans and land and societies, cultures and traditions and kingdoms that existed long before Europe was aware that there was Africa on the map. So um, this is a tidy introduction to what will eventually become um many episodes to just explain the situation better. In future episodes, I'll be speaking extensively about each member of this criminal gang, and that is exactly what they are, a criminal gang. And discover how is it that they uh, came about to make these decisions, uh, uh, choosing how to, um, like what they did with everything. Now that we know how they chose their victims, We'll get to find out how they how they managed the level of damage that they made and how the indigenous population eventually managed to extricate themselves from this uh, tyranny and managed to gain independence. I hope you get to join me uh, next time in discovering more about this uh, the crime that was committed against an entire continent and its people.